Hello and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we're on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today, we wanted to talk about photography or photography. <laughs> <laughs> Tim is really more of an avid photographer than I am. I'm more of a take my smartphone out and take a picture of something that I like. So I'm going to turn it over to him to tell us a little bit more about the ins and outs of photography while you're camping. So I know for those of you that have followed us for a while, it might be a little weird to think that I have a whole bunch of cameras, but that's kind of how I approach things. <laughs> that's how Tim rolls. <laughs> I have, oh man, I don't even know. One, two, three, four. I have four quote unquote cameras, three action cameras, and then a couple of video cameras. We're not talking about video today, although although there are, are going to be some references Tim inherited some of them just in his defense. Right. <laughs> one. <laughs> I was gifted one, so it's great. There you go. I look, I look at photography, so we're going to talk specifically about how I shoot pictures, although I'm, though I'm going to make sure that in the description are two fabulous Instagram follows that you need to check out because they're both amazing photographers and one of them's a, a, a pretty pretty wicked uh, videographer as well. I, I, I look at it as sort of twofold. Uh, one is equipment and one is sort of composition and lighting because lighting uh, outdoors uh, plays a big big part. Let's talk about gear first. You can go spend big dollars and buy yourself a, a spanky new Nikon or Canon DSLR and, and, and buy big big lenses and and then lug it around. So that works well for front country camping or, or if you're just going for a, a shoot, like if you're going to Algonquin and you're just going to, you know, uh, pull off somewhere on Highway 60 and and pray that you see a moose off in the distance and, and you want a, you know, a 500 mil lens to, so you can zoom right in there and get a, get a great shot. But it, entirely up to you. Uh, I, I have a DSLR and I have maybe three lenses for it. None of them are that insane. I think the biggest lens I have is a man... I want to say a 75 to 150, 185, something like that. It, it, great. It's, it's fantastic. I've taken some amazing shots with it. I hardly ever lug it around with me. I just, I just, it, it's big, it's bulky. It has its own bloody case to, to do it. I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm less interested, but I also want to do things that it canoes and not have 47 things to lug on my portage there are benefits aside from aside from just doing amazing long lens shots you can uh, you know you can do burst shots so you can take whatever 20 shots in inside of a second and find that one perfect shot and just throw the other 19 out which is another benefit to, to doing things digitally uh, as opposed to uh, on film like in the, in the old days like we used to uh, you don't have to wait you know three weeks while it gets developed and comes back and you just that all your shots were crap because you had your settings all wrong. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I like a point and shoot. I've got I've got two of them. One's ancient. It's an old Canon G3, I think it was. It's 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 old. It still takes fantastic pictures. It's it's not all the megapixels and stuff that everybody wants. Like I can't I can't really blow one up that's going to be poster size. You're going to see the pixels on it, but on your even on your tw you know 21 inch computer monitor, they, they still look fantastic. It has great color saturation, so there the, there's a whole tech thing there. Uh, I I'm a Canon fan. I I find Canon has a warmer color to it than say a, a Nikon. Nikon's take amazing shots. They're just a little cooler for me. But I I, I use that and I use a Panasonic Lumix. 
uh, I think it's a DX60 or DX80. Uh, it's a point and shoot, but it has a wicked long zoom lens on it, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's my it's my favorite, uh, even if I'm super. So the problem with taking a really zoom lens shot is that you, if you even you know breathe, it's you're going to have a blurry shot. So you have to brace against something. But uh, but the great thing about that is you know you brace against a log, brace against a rock, lean up against a tree. However that works. So uh, I, that's that's my favorite, and it's not crazy. It wasn't a crazy expensive uh, camera. Certainly, it was certainly cheaper than the body of a DSLR before you start buying lenses. So just just saying, there you go with that. I also just on the note of uh, of cameras that if you're out shooting, you know whatever you, you you're running around on your bike and you're shooting video on your uh, on your GoPro or or action camera, what have you. Those things shoot pictures as well, and they shoot them in pretty high. Uh, megapixels so the quality is good it's just that they're wickedly wide lenses and if you zoom in on them it's not it's not an optical zoom it's a digital zoom so you're actually just lowering the the quality of the shot yeah there (laughs) and you should shoot what makes you happy on whatever device makes you happy because your aim is to gather memories or i mean if you're a professional photographer obviously that's a bit of a different goal but I read even that National Geographic photographers will sometimes use a smartphone. So it's not undoable. I know Camper Christina, you said she uses her iPhone for doing her camping stuff. Yeah, well, and the level of, of smartphone, like the, the lenses that they have on them now are amazing. There are even smartphones that you can optically zoom on. Like it, it actually has, you know, a, um, a telescopic lens inside that moves in your phone it's not it's not digital it's it's pretty stunning stuff she well she shoots it all and, and you shot a whole bunch of um it's the hike oh we're doing the crack hike at killarney and you shot a bunch of uh, mushrooms mushrooms and that's part of the shoot what makes you happy <laughs> i just was fascinated by all the different sizes and shapes and colors of mushrooms that we saw there i've never seen such diversity of mushrooms um orange ones and bagels and and, and, (laughs) yeah and purple ones and green ones and yeah it was just amazing um so and the other thing to remember is just to respect the animals and the environment if you're taking pictures don't just trample across a delicate landscape in order to try to get to the thing you want to take a picture of time of day lighting wise you can use the natural light to your advantage um some people say best if you're trying to capture, not obviously capture a sunrise or a sunset, but one to two hours after sunrise, one to two hours before sunset uh, is good lighting. So in the film world, they call that the golden hour. It's, it's two hours, but it, you're going to spend an hour setting up. So yeah, there's just, it's the, it's the bending of the light you get. Again, you get warmer colors for that sort of stuff. So moving on to composition, uh, the very first thing, especially because you're in nature and there are no straight lines in nature, it's really important to be level with your shots. Uh, Again, my opinion, just having gone through, I have bazillions of, of photos because I've been doing this for a very long time. That's what happens when you're an old guy. Horizon line. Keep it keep it level. If you're on the water, <laughs> when when the horizon line is lower on one side than the other, it looks like, you know, the, the lake is running out on the on the right side of your picture or whatever. So just just try to keep keep the, you know, the water line, the the rock line for for the mountain ridge in the background, the the tree line. Try to keep those, you know, relatively uh, horizontal and save you a lot of hassle if you choose to edit it down the line now there, so and Pamela and I discussed this earlier there's a there's a 
a rule called the the rule of thirds. I think it's called right. And and you're supposed to put what your subject is is in one third of the shot, and then the other two thirds are you know whatever pretty trees and stuff. And then you've got the the snapping turtle in the in the right third of the shot. Yes and no. I'm not gonna. I've done it before, and especially if I'm doing if I'm farting around with like a foreground object and and a bunch of background stuff, and especially if the foreground object is out of focus. Sure, I will stick that off to the side just because it's a thing. It's just a, it's a piece of a tree and I'm looking at a bunch of ducks on a lake on the, on the other part of the, uh, sure, fine, that works. For the most part, I try to put my subjects somewhere near the center. I very seldom get it dead center. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm often thinking about way too many things and, and pointing somewhere else, but people are looking towards it. Like when you look at a photo, that's the first thing you do is you look at the center of the shot. So for me that's where my action is that's where my my subject is and if you're doing macro photography like the you know the zoom in and you're looking at the, all the multi-facets of a of a fly's eyeball there you go right that's that's dead center you like there there is no thirds there so i'm just just saying there, my mushrooms were all in the center see and they, and they were great shots it was very cool and and you can't like between that and and the stuff that camper christina puts out and and it, like it's it's a it's a mind-boggling that they're on a phone it's a, a thing that comes out of your pocket like it's just that's uh, that's awesome experiment you know it, it it's digital it's not film you're not waiting for you're not spending a pile of dough on getting it um, developed and waiting for th- the three weeks for it to come back from oh, what was that place called something hut photo hut yeah photo hut something like that anyhow you're uh, it, it, you know what you can delete them like if they're crappy shots delete them doing crappy so you look and go oh well that's not what i was trying to do what i was trying to do was and then you you can see how to improve that shot next time so experiment shoot shoot tons and tons of them and just delete the bloody things no no big deal one thing i see lots of people do is shadows uh sometimes it's good sometimes it's your shadow try not to have your shadow in the shot you you i think again my opinion I think you ruin your shot if you catch it brings you back to the reality as opposed to the the, what you're trying to capture if you see the camera in the shot or a reflection of the camera in the shot or you know your your shadow leaning off towards the side it just it doesn't it doesn't separate from between the I don't know what the hell I'm saying I, I there's a thing. It's it, it's too tied. It's too. You're intruding into your picture. Yeah. Your foot shouldn't be in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. And then again with the with the natural light thing, pay attention to what it's doing. Where what direction you're pointing in? Is it is it front lighting? Did you, is that what you're looking to do? Do you want to see what's in your shot, or are you trying to do sort of a, a you know a background halo thing? Are you trying to take a picture of the sunset or the sunrise? If that's the case, that two hours. Was it two hours after and then two hours before? It's kind of the opposite. You want to be out there a solid hour before sunrise to see the colors break across. You know all the all the uh, the clouds and whatnot in the sky, and you want to be pointing in the right direction. So make sure you know where east is, and, and at sunset. Yeah, you want to be you want to be an hour before sunset to see to see it do all that stuff. Sometimes sometimes a little earlier than that because you get a, often get a weather change. Uh, towards sunset where clouds start moving in uh, and those are some of the coolest shots I personally have ever taken. So. I think Pinery you got some really good shots like You can't that. looking so looking west across Lake Huron you can't go wrong just just put your camera beside you 
not, preferably not in the sand, and then and then just just lay there on the beach and just keep snapping. You're, you're going to get something awesome. And I think that's it. We'll, I'll, I'll put uh, I'll put links to uh, to Chris Prouse's uh, Instagram and uh, Swifty Paddler, a, a pal of ours. Um, they, they're both amazing. I, I'll probably you know what I'll probably put a link to uh, to Chris's. Um, YouTube as well because she's a great videographer if you're interested in, in going down that path. I think that's it for me. She's at, at C. Prouse and he's at Swifty Paddler if you want to look them up. And we want to just leave you with a quote. Take only pictures and leave only footprints. And a variation on that is take only pictures, leave only footprints and kill only time. Uh, that's by John Muir. And that's it for us for today. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. We are from supergoodcamping.com. Please do reach out to us. We are at hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com. And we are on all the social media. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And we would love if you subscribe to us on YouTube especially. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.